Have you considered how helpful a love language is for professional and personal growth? That's what you've been asked in today's daily episode. Welcome, dear listeners, to another captivating gateway episode of Find Yourself the Questions podcast. I'm Bernd Wensky, your host and trusty co-pilot on this journey to self-discovery and personal growth. This podcast is designed to be a personal challenge for you as the listener having the greatest possible freedom without pressure or control. Welcome to another Gateway episode of Find Yourself, the Questions podcast, where we explore the power of introspection and self-discovery through meaningful conversations with extraordinary guests. Today, we are honored to introduce Paul Zollmann. Let's embark on an inspiring journey with a remarkable individual story will undoubtedly touch your heart and illuminate the transformative power of love. Paul's journey from a childhood marked by abuse to becoming an advocate of universal love is nothing short of remarkable. His book The Role of Love chronicles this odyssey revealing how adversity fueled his quest for a deeper understanding of love's essence. Growing up in a world devoid of affection, Paul's unique response was to cling to physical touch, a poignant reminder of his longing for love. The role of love isn't just a book, it's a guide to transcending pain and discovering the boundless potential of human resilience. Paul's narrative shines as a beacon of hope, illustrating that love's transformative power can reshape our lives even in the bleakest circumstances. Join us as we delve into Paul Zollman's awe-inspiring journey, a testament to the indomitable spirit's ability to rise from the ashes of adversity and embrace the role of love in all its glory. Get ready to be inspired, uplifting, and reminded that love can heal and transform no matter where you start. Today we want to talk about how to transform a childhood of abuse into empowering and fulfilling relationships. I'm thrilled to have Paul Zollmann with us today, who has developed a unique approach to understanding and applying the principles of love languages. Paul, it's a pleasure to have you on the Find Yourself the Questions podcast. Thank you very much, Bernd. Pleasure to be with you today. That was quite an introduction. I appreciate that. No one's done such an introduction that was very finely written. Thank you so much. Paul, can you start by telling us more about this innovative system created to give away love languages? Absolutely. I, I developed a system from my childhood. I had a, uh, I was overcome with anger and just had residual anger anger that lasted well after the childhood from from that adverse experience so that anger was something that i that i tried to get rid of i would tell myself that stop being annoyed what would happen is that i'd be annoyed and then i'd be annoyed and I'd be annoyed again and be annoyed again and then i'd flash and so these annoyances were stacking up one on another and those annoyances just became came to a point that 
that it would be flash out in anger. And I didn't, I wanted to stop doing that. And I, as much as I said, I don't want to be angry, it's more of a negative statement. And it just kept making it happen and kept doing it. It was almost like it was a knee jerk reaction that it was just more of, uh, of just something that came out and not, not any thought that went into it, but it was more of, it was almost a, a, a instinct that I was taught from when I was younger. And the, what I found Bernd, is that, that when you have, when you find out where you're on a spectrum, I was told that uh, when I was uh, dating probably about 15 years ago, I was taking a lady into my brother brother's house for big brother approval. And when I went in there, first thing that my sister-in-law did was pull her aside and said, the only emotion that the Zolman family learned growing up was anger. First, I denied it. And I thought, okay, she's really have nailed it. Because I, after that, I thought, if there's any opportunity to change that generational mindset, anything that passes on from the mindset portion, not genetic, but the mindset, if there's any opportunity to do that, now was the time. So I started reading the color code and I started reading the five love languages. And as I'm reading the five love languages, I I've really liked the principles of the five love languages. It's like something that you, when you find something or when you find yourself, it resonates with you. It just feels really good inside you. So I thought the five love languages was, the principles were good that way. Uh, Dr. Chapman's application, I could not get it. Remember, I came from a, a land of abuse. I came from a culture of anger. And in that culture of anger, you've got your humor that's with that. You've got a vocabulary that's with that. You have just mannerisms that are all with that. It's all part of that culture. And to break out of that culture, you've got to look and see and find something different. So it's that language of anger is quite different than the languages of love. So I, mm -hmm. I felt like I knew where I was on the spectrum from anger on one side to love on the other side. I was really a lot closer to anger than I really felt comfortable being. When you come to a realization like that, you've got three choices. You can stay the same, you can move to the left or move to the right on the spectrum. Only when Let me interrupt you. That sounds truly fascinating, Paul. I'm sure our listeners are eager to learn more about how this system works in practice. Could you walk us through an example or a scenario to help us better understand how sure. giving away love languages can lead to better understanding of dynamics and love and relationship? Of course. So, so what ended up is I ended up creating a tool for myself that is a die. So the die you can see here on the die that there's time, service, the words, there's touch, the gifts, and those are the five love languages. Their sixth side on the dice is what I call surprise me. So there's just two instructions, two simple instructions. You roll the die every day, doesn't take more than two seconds. Roll the die every day, that's the love language you practice all day that day. All day. It's not like I did the dishes, woohoo, I'm done. 
It's not like that at all. It's like you practice it all day to everyone. When I developed this, I was single, Baron, and I did not have a significant other. As Dr. Chapman would suggest, you, you express love in the way that the significant other would want it. I didn't have anything like that. So I thought, well, to get it inside of me, I've got to practice it. So I, the die was perfect because it randomly chooses or randomly uh, shows a, a way that I can do that um, all day, every day. And it's, it's just almost a, a tool that gives you intention, that you'll intentionally be doing that. It gives you purpose that you're going to be doing that love language all day. Always watching for opportunities that way. Before, when I would, as I mentioned, when I got would get annoyed and the, those annoyances would stack up until I flashed, I thought, uh, the thought process for the annoyance was, what's wrong with that person? What is there to criticize that, that person? So instead of being annoyed with people about things, their mistakes, and about things that they might have a weakness about, I started being more positive about it and say, what's right with that person? What can I love about that person? Those two questions in my mind made me so busy that I couldn't even think about what's wrong with the person. So effectively, what happened was that that habit of loving or watching for opportunities to love totally drowned out that other inclination that I had to look for what's wrong with that person. That's how the transformation started. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of fostering a positive feedback loop in relationships through this approach. It also sounds like this concept could have a far-reaching impact even on younger individuals. You mentioned that the system is easy uh, to apply, so could you share some insights into how you've adapted your approach to teach this love-giving system to younger people, to children? Absolutely. So I've figured out a way that that if the teacher will take that two seconds, or even if it takes up to, to uh, a minute, it's not gonna take a minute, but if they took up to one minute at the beginning of a classroom, especially in the younger, younger classes, if they took that one minute to roll the die in the morning and then have the children of the classroom practice that love language all day that day, and then report at the end of the day, so in addition to writing the book, I've also put together a journal. Inside that journal is uh, are pages that have what you rolled that day, what opportunities you saw to love in that way that day, and then what you mm -hmm. did about those opportunities. So yeah. in essence, what we're trying to teach the children is accountability. I'm, as a child or as a person, I'm responsible for what I do. I'm responsible for my actions then you can teach that in a loving way, through love. Teach them how to love. And it's really important that way. I think it was I was about 35 years old, Bernd, when I realized that I was responsible for my own actions. Up until that time, I'd blame my father because of the way I was raised. 
So I blame my father for failed relationships. I blame my father for anything that went wrong in my life. I blamed him. At age 35, he'd been gone for seven years. He was passed. He had passed away. And I and I thought, he can't even defend himself. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped. I stopped blaming him. And then I started working on my own relationships, working on trying to be a better person in that way. And I think blame's interesting in that way. If you've got someone to blame or you think you have someone to blame, it's all their problem. And you don't have to change at all. And I think that stops people in their tracks. When they when they choose the blame game or choose to blame someone or something else for their own problems, they have no reason or no motivation to change. It's their fault. Yeah. So you found a system where everybody wins. Absolutely. The th- thing that you're watching for, Bernd, is that when people light up, you're trying to make their day a lot better. And so when they do light up, just take a note, that might be what their primary love language is. And you can wash, rinse, repeat, do it over and over again for the same thing for that person. Instead of having to take a survey like Dr. Chapman's original book about the five love languages said, instead of having to stop the relationship, pause, say, would you take this survey so I know how to love you? That seems very awkward for me. And it's for I'm sure it's for everyone. It was awkward uh, th- to do. Mm-hmm. Instead, use your observation skills. Watch when they light up. When, they, when you can see that you've made their day, that makes them happy. It also will make you happy. That's the win-win that I'm talking about. Yeah. So this can contribute to building stronger connections within people and more fulfilling relationships, isn't it? Absolutely. Who wants to actually be with a person that's going to focus on what you do wrong? You know, I like to compare it compare it to a magnifying glass. A magnifying glass will will make things bigger, and that magnifying glass, whatever you focus on, is going to enlarge that. So if you focus on their faults, it's it's a boomerang. It's coming right back to you. In fact, if you send out anger, you get an immediate return on that investment. People be writing angry right back. And in fact, you've ruined their day, possibly. And they're going to make other people miserable, too. They're going to send that anger out. And we really don't need to do that. We don't need another critic in the world. Another person that's going to be negative out there. This is going to really help us find ourselves if we start looking for the positive. Because what happens is we send out that positive, that's coming back to us. People will watch for the positive things about us. That's really how we find ourselves. Sometimes I found in, in rolling the die and practicing the love language for that day is that people don't recognize what I can see in them. And as we say what I see in them, they say, oh, I never thought of that. And then they get uh, they get a good feeling about who they are. They find mm-hmm. themselves by us helping one another. And I think that finding yourself as your podcast is, ta- is entitled is a great way. This is a great way to do that. A great way to find who we are. 
by helping others find out who they are. Yeah. Yeah, that's my way. How does this work in the workplace? In the workplace, I think that just imagine this. If you rolled the die for 30 days and you uh, practiced it for 30 days, you're going to go through all five love language. You're going to find you're, you're going to become very fluent in each one of those. You'll, you'll know them backwards and forwards, very much like like German or very much like English. You can you understand it backwards and forwards. When you do that, you become what I like to call a love language linguist. It's a sexy title, Baron. People want that title, love language linguist. You put that on your resume. When that employer sees that, they're going to say, "What the heck is a love language linguist?" And you're yeah, going to say, sure. "You're going to say, I just love people." That employer wants their customers loved. They also want a loving environment within the workplace. They don't want people fighting. They don't want any contention at all. They mm -hmm. want love in the workplace. And this is this is the decency that we're talking about. It's not romantic love. It's just the kindness and and, and caring for another individual. That's what we're talking about in the workplace. Doing that will actually bring the workplace, the level of the workplace, the the good feelings of the workplace up to a, a new level. Yeah. Well, what are mental, mental health professionals saying about this project from you? Mental health professionals are are very excited. In fact, I've, in, in the book, the very first uh, recommendation is from a mental health professional. And he said that this is, this is long, something that has been needed for a long time. When I read the five love languages, I, I found the direction in within there just very confusing. You mean I'm supposed to give this away or am I supposed to wait for it to come to me? And mm -hmm. I, as I've worked through this myself, Baron, I found that we only have two choices. We only have two things that we're absolutely totally in control over. Sending the love out and responding appropriately when it comes back. If you do this for 30 days, What's going to happen is as you send out all five love languages, it's going to open your vision so that you can see it appropriately when it comes back to you. Most people can only see their primary love language, and that's what they send out, hoping that it's going to be reciprocated. That's a transaction, and love's not transactional. Love is sent out without any regard of it ever coming back, but trusting the process that it, it, it itself is a boomerang That's going to come right back to you. It might take some more time, a lot more time than the anger. Anger will come right back to you, but the love comes back slowly. And the, this this is something that I, the family therapists are excited about because it's reduced the confusion. It's made it more simple. And then the making it a game also is very exciting for the for the professionals. They really like that. It's people like games. And part of the reason that I made it a game, Baron, is that when I was younger, one good memory that I have of our family is us playing games. It felt like the games were together. 
but we really were kind of mean when we played games. Everybody had their own little strategy and we were out to win. Like everybody is out to win when they play a game. Everybody likes to win the game. But sure. when, but by doing that, I, I felt like it's it brings people together. So will this will this uh, this die bring people together, watching for the good parts of of their life, watching for the good things about that person, and highlighting that. Mm -hmm. Could you please explain again how this will work for single people? It's a very interesting question, Bernd, and I appreciate that because I developed this when I was single. I did not have a significant other, and uh, Dr. Chapman would suggest that you practice the love languages with your significant other. To me, as I thought about that and, and just worked through my own mindset here, I thought, you know, just doing it to your significant other sounds like a part-time job. So that, well, if you do it home and then you go to work and you forget all about the love language, forget to love, then you come back, maybe you'll forget when you come back. And I thought there's got to be a little bit more consistency to that. There just has to be that consistency. So so as a single person, I thought I've got to love everybody because I don't really have a significant other. And, and by doing that, it actually opened my mind that this is really the way it should be. We should be loving everyone and watching for the good in everyone, watching what what's there to love about that person, what's right with that person, should be what we're thinking all day long. And as I did that and developed that habit, uh, it wasn't long before others felt that, and I'm currently happily married just because of that. I think that just, it will help us learn to love better. It'll help us be, It's like the law of attraction that people will be attracted to back to that love. They'll resonate. resonates with them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So it first starts with the individual by yourself. You have to start by yourself, then expand it to your environment, your family and other people. Absolutely. I think it naturally will expand because again, you're, you're, it's all, it's never about you. This is a, this is new. It's not about, it's really not about you right now. When you send the love out, it's coming back to you. And then, and, and it's eventually it'll come back. That's kind of what I call the bonus. When you send it out and it lights up a person, it helps them have a better day, or you've made their day, you get a reward then too. You absolutely get that wonderful feeling. You're finding yourself by losing yourself, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Losing yourself either in service or in spending time or gift giving or or touch or, or the words. You're losing yourself in any one of those ways, sending it out and finding yourself just by helping others have a better day. Try to look to others to help them have a better day. And we've talked about that throughout this this time, that when we when we send it out, make sure what, whatever you're sending out is something positive. And if just, if you can catch yourself and stop yourself from saying something negative, just don't send out the negative boomerangs. 
Don't send out those that negative vibe because you're making an investment. There's everyone wants to make an investment, Baron, that is a small at the beginning, but has huge returns. This is one of those investments. It, to roll the die takes just a couple seconds, or or there's even a, an application online on the Instagram. Um, they roll the die for you every day. So if you'll take that and follow those principles of giving away love every single day, it's going to come back to you. It's going to save your life. It's going to be that way that you're going to find yourself. Well, thank you so much for sharing these insights into, into your innovative love-giving system. Your approach can potentially transform how we think about and engage with love languages. Before we wrap up, do you have three tips you'd like to leave our listeners with, especially for those who are excited to implement your approach to their own lives? So three tips would be to number one, just make the investment of time, whatever it takes to determine for your day, how you're going to love that day. You can, if you don't have a die, you can choose one of the love languages to focus on that day. And you can find, find my book and, and read a little bit about that if that helps. And it should help. But if you can't, don't even have access to that, you still can choose what language to practice that day. The second thing I would suggest is that you keep track of what you rolled, the opportunities that you saw to love in that way that day, and then what you're going to do about those opportunities or what you did about those opportunities. Make yourself accountable for for what, what you're doing. If you do that for a, and make that a habit for 21 to 28 days or 30 days, Like I, I just rounded up to 30 days. If you'll do that for the 30-day period, you'll change your life. After the 30 days, obviously, you want to keep that habit. All good habits are, are habits worth keeping. This is one of those good habits worth keeping. It'll change your mindset from saying what's wrong with that person to what's right with that person, what can I love about that person after 30 days. So the third thing I would recommend is that Share this with other people. Just share it on social media. Share how they also can become more loving. If you keep it to yourself, you're going to have some hardships because people won't understand your new mindset. And they may want to tear you back down a little bit. So share it with other people and help them change their mindset too. From any anger or any distress or anything that they might have, they can change that from whatever it is to love by following this pattern. Those are the three three trips I would send out, Brad. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be with you. I wanted to pause and express my gratitude for you for participating in this episode. Your thoughtful insights and engaging storytelling have made this conversation both informative and enjoyable. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and making this podcast even better. 
Paul, where do we find you on the web? I'll put a link in the show notes for sure. You can find me at rolloflove.com, R-O-L-E of love.com. There's, I did a play on words there, Baron. R-O-L-L is rolling the die. R-O-L-E changes you within. Mm-hmm. If you prefer an audible, you can go on amazon.com. If you look up my name, Paul Zolman, under Amazon, you'll get right to the book and to the audible. And you can um, download the audible. A lot of people listening to podcasts also like to listen to books that I've found. And if, if they'd like that, I've got it on audibles for them. Yeah, and this is a source that you can reach from every part of the world. So that's very good. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. Been a wonderful time. And thanks to all of you listening and joining us today on the Find Yourself the Questions podcast for mindful self-empowerment and personal growth. I hope this episode inspired you to ask questions and discover yourself. Join us tomorrow for more insight questions and next month for inspirational discussions on your path to personal growth and happiness. Maybe you're just a question away from your best year.